Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm going to be your host today. Joining me for this very special episode is none other than Donnie Smith Jr. Donnie, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I hope you are. Oh, man, I, I'm, I am doing great, because today we're going to be talking about nobody. Yes. Here is a synopsis for Nobody, courtesy of IMDb. Quote, a docile family man slowly reveals his true character after his house gets burgled. Burgled, that's how you say that, right? Burgled, yeah, I think that's right. By two petty thieves, which coincidentally leads them into a bloody war, war, leads him into a bloody war, with a Russian crime boss, end quote. Sorry, I fumbled the bag on that <laughs> one. Now, let's talk about some of the main cast for the film, along with director and writer credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. The film was directed by Elia Nyshuller. It was written by Derek Kolstad. It stars Bob Odenkirk as Hutch Mansell. Alexei Serbrifikov as Julian. Connie Nielsen as Becca Mansell, Christopher Lloyd as David Mansell, Riza as Harry Mansell, Gage Monroe as Brady Mansell, and Paisley Cotterath as Sammy Mansell. Now, I'm just looking at the cast here. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and just spoil something. I had no idea watching this for the first time that Christopher Lloyd and Riza. We're in this movie. So, damn, it was a surprise for me watching this movie for the first time years ago. I knew Christopher Lloyd was in it, but I wasn't expecting him to do the things he did. I'm going to try to yes. hold back a little bit, but I was expecting him to be a little cameo, but not the role he has. And the second time for this retrospective watching the movie, I saw them both in the credits and I was like, man, I'm so happy to not noticed that the first time watching and also i feel like that they should not have revealed that in the credits like it i had such like a incredible experience just being like these two actors being side by side alongside mm -hmm. bob odenkirk as this family who are just hitmen basically is it's absolutely awesome in the best way it feels like a fever dream yeah that's a really good way to put it lastly though we're gonna try a new thing out Movies and TV shows are driven by more than just a director, writer, and cast. There are hundreds of people who are working on each project. So for each movie or show we cover, we're also going to spotlight either a certain group of the crew or a specific crewmate, depending on who we think the movie or show's best trait is. Cast members not included in our main cast section are also eligible to be selected for this part, too. In the case of Nobody... We're ending our cast and crew segment by shouting out the stunt fight choreographer, Daniel Bernhardt, along with the dozens of stunt people involved in the film. Now, we're going to talk about the fight choreography here very shortly, but I think it was clear that's the best part of this movie. Yes, without a doubt. Um... I, I know the uh, John Wick comparisons will come a little later, so I'm going to hold back a little bit, not something specifically, but the fighting in this is so much fun. It's 
really is the highlight for a number of reasons. Yeah, it really is. And you mentioned the John Wick comparison. We're actually about to get into that now because there's a reason for it. Uh, Derek Kolstad, who wrote this movie, also created John Wick. <laughs> that is why there are so many comparisons between Nobody and John Wick. Uh, getting yes. into our prelude, Nobody was born from a cold call by Bob Odenkirk to Kolstad. Apparently, Odenkirk also thought the idea thought of the idea because of his own previous experiences with home invasions. As for Kolstad, again. He's the mind behind John Wick, and you can bet that we will definitely be talking about the similarities between the two franchises in greater detail here in a few minutes. Box office-wise, nobody pulled in $27 million domestically, and in total, it pulled in $57 million worldwide on a $16 million budget. So, it's not too shabby there for uh, Bob Odenkirk and the crew. Plus, when you look at the massive blockbusters this summer, like The Flash and Indiana Jones 5, which had incredibly inflated budgets, nobody's yes. budget looks hilarious. <laughs> it, it really does. Um, it seems like every movie nowadays has to have just an absurd budget, uh, especially when it's not part of a franchise. It's, I'm happy that this movie did so well. I really am. Yeah, it's just... It, what was Indiana Jones, like $400 million? I think the yeah, Flash was, was rumored to be that as well. Like, yep. why? Why are these movies costing so much? Especially it's... Indiana Jones. Yeah, it doesn't need to cost that much at all. Besides the point, let's get back to Nobody. In terms of reception, <laughs> Nobody was received rather well, and it appears that we are getting a sequel with Odenkirk back in the, as the main lead. Before we get into this bad boy, one quick thing. You mentioned to me off air, Donnie, that you own the movie on Blu-ray. Because of that, I think I know the answer to my question. But how did you feel about Nobody going into the movie the first time? The very first time I watched it, I honestly didn't know what to expect. Um, I'm a really big Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul fan, so you know, I'm familiar with Bob Odenkirk, but I didn't know how he could handle an action movie. Uh, it didn't take any time at all to sell me, though. It from beginning to end, this movie wastes no time in just being a really fun, thrilling, funny action movie. Yeah, I definitely agree. I went into this with a lot of praise from some friends and family going, oh man, you gotta see this movie, it's fantastic. And I'm one of those people that whenever somebody tells me, oh, you gotta see this movie, I'm like, yeah, I'll get to it. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but eventually I did. I did watch Nobody, and it was amazing. I only have a few nitpicks with this movie, but I do put this up there with John Wick in terms of action, and really in terms of just being a movie. It's so good, man. Oh, yeah. And there's also one action sequence I really want to talk about near the end of the film that I thought was just spectacular. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this thing. Let's talk about our general thoughts because we had, we went and we rewatched the movie for this retrospective. So how does it hold up? What are your general thoughts? Uh, a general thoughts is I kind of mentioned earlier. It really, how do I put this? I don't want to say a simple movie. A lot happens, but it, you know, it's not trying to be something bigger than it is. You know, there's not a ton of world building. There's not, you know. You know, I'm glad there's a sequel coming, but it didn't build up to a sequel or anything. It's just, 
its own little standalone thing and it has fun with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think it tells a very simple story, kind of like we're going to be talking about John Wick a lot. I'm sorry, people. <laughs> we just are. Kind of like John Wick did, but unlike John Wick, to where they had this like, wait a minute, what world are we in? Like, yeah. what is going on with all these hitmen? Is just, oh, Hutch was an auditor for the three-letter agencies out there. And you're like, okay, I, I've seen this in movies before. It's something that you could easily attach to, and it's yeah. less about like the lore of it, I think. Maybe a sequel, maybe Nobody 2 goes into that more, and that would be awesome. But yeah. it really felt like the goal of this movie was being like, no, you're here for Bob Odenkirk being a badass. And just the action sequences we're going to have. And they nailed it from top to bottom, I think. And even the simplistic story, I thought it was very well done. Yeah, like you said, um, I'm not saying John Wick and the whole world bidding was a bad thing. It wasn't at all. But I'm glad this movie didn't do that because it didn't need it. At least not yet. John Wick kind of needed it because you needed to know, okay, why is people coming after him? Why is he retired? You need to know why stuff? he's the boogeyman. Exactly. Why is yeah. everybody so fucking scared? And yeah. I think in the case of nobody, you didn't necessarily need it because he worked as the underdog in the fights. To where everybody kind of underestimated, like, oh, this guy really ain't that. And the one, the few moments you get that, oh no, he kind of has that John Wick boogeyman aura about him. Like the one lady who like did all the research. Where oh, yeah. Held somebody do the research and she just like throws it at Julian. It's like, I don't even worry about paying me. I'm good. Yeah, like, I'm that out. was a great moment. The stuff about when he's explained to a dying Pavel about what he does. And just there's a few moments of people realizing, oh, this isn't a guy to be fucked with. Uh, the guy at the tattoo parlor. The tattoo parlor. Yep. That was my, probably my favorite example. He so, saw the tattoo. I agree with you. I don't think you needed as many moments to like really sell home like, oh, you should fear this man compared to John Wick because nobody it's in the title, right? That's what yeah. it's kinda going for. Like, oh, he's a nobody. Who he's not threatening. Let's call a spade a spade here. I think Bob Odenkirk's fantastic. He looks nothing like Keanu Reeves. In the best way possible, yeah. And that really worked for this movie, and I think that's another thing to where is in terms of world building, they work so well being similar, but they also feel different. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's so many creative things you see Hutch and his family do in this movie to kill the bad guys, and John Wick is far more like predicated on the gunfights and how John can just pick up a weapon and shoot people. Yeah, and that's awesome. I'm not taking away anything away from that. That, to me, is one of the best action movies to change the genre in a great way. But I do really like how this movie feels different from everything we mentioned before, and also from Hutch feeling like a bit of a MacGyver, compared to, oh no, he just shoots people. Yeah, um, I want to jump ahead just a hair, but I think I know the part you're talking about near the end of the movie, but some of the stuff he does, I got a real, like, Almost like a sadistic MacGyver feel from it. That's exactly what I thought. And there's a bit of a sadistic side to Hutch as well that mm -hmm. you don't really see in John Wick because John feels like a character who's like, I don't want to be doing this, but you exactly. stole my car and you killed my dog. 
Hutch wants to be doing this. <laughs> he, needed he has this a smile his on his face. Yeah. Yes. And and that's why we're going to go ahead. We're getting into these comparisons now because it's from Derek Kolstad. He's the one who wrote Nobody, created John Wick, all that stuff. Yep. And you see the similarities, but man, it feels just different enough to where both of these franchises can coexist. And you can see like, okay, yeah, I'd be down to seeing Nobody too. This is a very good action franchise on your hands here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like I mentioned earlier, does it need a sequel? Probably not, but I'm not complaining yeah. that we're getting one at all. It's one of those movies that, yeah, I think you can always make the case. Does everything need to be a sequel? Do we need to remake everything? That argument. But I think this is one of the movies that you watch and you're like, we don't need a sequel to it, but if we got one, that'd be awesome. It, yeah. It's not one of those like, no, we didn't need one at all. Yeah. Uh, but I think one of the reasons people would be excited for a sequel is because of our main lead here, and that is Bob Odenkirk. What are your standout performances in this movie? For me, it is Bob Odenkirk. Like, he is this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's Bob Odenkirk for sure. Um, He's my standout, but if I had to pick another one just for the sake of, you know, discussion, it's, uh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce his name, but Yulian, for sure. I think he does an alright job. And that's not to take away, but I don't think it's a standout to me. Well, not to me either. I mean, it's Bob Odenkirk. But if it wasn't Bob, it's Yulian. And it's mostly because so many of these movies, you have the big, scary mob boss just sits behind a desk and barks orders, like being all big and scary. But at least he, you know, he goes out, he dances, he sings on stage. Yes, I do like how he, like, Yulian feels like he has a personality. Exactly. That's kind of what I was going for. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt you there, but you like no, 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 you no, kind of no, like fine. turned me around. I was like, he was fine, but then you start talking about. <laughs> I was like, shit, that is right. Yeah, he at least did have a personality to him. Yeah, and uh, I would say if I had to shout other stand-up performances, it's Rizza and Christopher Lloyd. Oh yes, come on now, <laughs> they do a splendid job there. They do feel a bit like family in this movie. In a very fucked up way. And it's crazy because Riza isn't on screen until the climax, but yet yes. you still, like you said, they feel like a family. It's it's great. I feel really bad. For, I, I'm just going to, I don't mean to just call them by their actors' names. They have character names here. But uh, <laughs> Riza, Henry Mansell. Henry gets the worst of it in this movie to me. And he wanted no does. He's the only one who genuinely wanted out. He like, gets shot at the end. And he's just like, yeah, I got shot. Y'all are fine? Really? Okay. Yeah, he said, I'm glad you two got what you wanted. I got shot or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, man, this is a really good cast. This doesn't take away from really any of the actors. I think everybody does at least a good job in terms of performances. But yes. it's just that Bob Odenkirk, this movie really rests on his shoulders. In the same way, one last time, I'm sorry, we gotta go back to it, that Keanu Reeves, it rests on his shoulders with the John Wick franchise. It yeah. That does, that's my last comparison, at least until we get dashing sequences. But <laughs> <laughs> it just, that's what it really reminds me of, is the franchise, it rests on the main lead here, and both of them do, do a just spectacular job. Now, let's talk about the action sequences. 
the quality yes. of these things. Boy, this is awesome. Just every single action sequence in this movie is great to near masterclass. And I think my favorite one is the car chase scene. Yes, I'm so glad you said that. I agree. <laughs> and I think the reason I say that is also because of the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Heartbreaker playing during that. And then, like, there's something about the cinematography during that, too. Yeah. It just feels like an epic moment. He's going through the streets. He's getting shot at. You got Heartbreaker playing in the background. You got Yulian going out into the middle of the street carrying a machine gun. <laughs> yes. and, like, there's everything about like the way that the scene is shot that you're like, this just feels awesome. Like, like an awesome, epic moment. And it kind of, you, you said it feels like a moment, and that's something I like too because I love a good car chase. Who doesn't? But a lot of movies, they go on way too long. There's so fucking many of them, too. It's hard yeah. to make them stand out. Yeah, this one, it, it's unique. It gets them to where it needs to go, and then it ends. It doesn't overstay its welcome, and that's what I really liked about it. I think another one both of us would talk about, too, would be the final fight at the warehouse. Yeah. Which is great. It's... I don't think it hits the peak that the car chase did for me which was the action sequence right before it but yeah, i do love how it right before it yeah it felt like home alone to me like oh man this is the weirdest sequel home alone I, yeah afterwards. i thought the same thing when it showed him setting all the traps up and stuff you could just play the music for home alone and it would have fit perfectly <laughs> yeah. which is weird because i said this last week when we did it uh, drew and i did an episode on ready player one and i made the joke i was like the ending is the weirdest sequel to Willy Wonka, or is the weirdest reimagining of Willy Wonka that I've ever seen. And I'm <laughs> making the same joke here, but I feel like it's valid. It fits, yeah. But the final fight's great. I think there's a lot of... For, uh, the kill with the Claymore, how Hutch kills Yulian, I exactly. thought was great. Very, in, very genius. The part with uh, Henry just with the sniper rifle. Oh, yep. man. That was... If I had to pick a second, that's the second. That, that's arguably the best moment of the whole movie. You knew he was going to show up. He said he wasn't, but you knew he was. Uh, but when he finally did, it was well worth the wait. <laughs> Just that one moment with the sniper rifle. Um, any other of the action sequences you want to shout out early on? We'll kind of go through them again, I think, later. But not in as much detail as we just did. Well, I like when the... Russian mob comes back to his house when he tells his family to go into the basement. And here comes another John Wick comparison. In the first John Wick movie, a very similar scene happens when you know all these assassins come to the house, but they're trapped in the house with him. Uh, this has a very similar scene, and yet most of them end up living. It's it's brutal, but it's not you know over the top, and that's what I really like about it. Well, they live for now. <laughs> well, for now. For now. Yeah, don't let me... <laughs> yeah. Another comparison I would make is it reminds me of The Punisher in The Punisher show. Yeah. So whereas there was a point at the end of the first season where Frank is, like, he's taken down some... I forgot the story in it, but, like, they were infiltrating his base, and he basically was just like, no, 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 no. You're not coming after me. You're being hunted by me. Yeah, this is my home turf. You, you're the one who messed up here. Now let yeah. me show you why. And it kind of has that feeling with Hutch here. I thought that was a great scene. Um, this isn't an action scene. It's just another one of those moments you were talking about. Bob Odenkirk 
saying the line, give me the goddamn kitty cat bracelet, screaming at the top of his lungs, is one of the funniest fucking lines I think I've heard in an action movie. That's what I like about this movie is there are, you know, Bob Odenkirk started out as a comedian and there are comedic moments, but it doesn't push the movie into a comedy. It's still an action movie, but lines like that really prove it's like, yeah, we know who the lead is. We're going to let him do his thing. But another thing I really enjoyed about this movie, other than the action sequence, uh, other than the comedy, is also how we have this build. Like, we get right into the movie, but -hmm. it feels like we're building to Hutch just breaking. Like, he can't take it anymore. He's going to get his stuff back and get his daughter's bracelet back. Yeah. And it causes all the mess in this movie. Now, it was a really weird intro with the interrogation scene. I thought it was a great intro. (laughs) yeah i know it's a bit overused and some movies don't do a great job of going here's what happened three weeks ago or you know the flashback is the whole movie and yeah i thought they did this very well and then we get a look into hutch's life and how mundane it is and how it's just so routine and then you think about after watching the movie you're like this is a man who had such a action-packed life and for him to be, for the lack of a better term, domesticated for so long. Yes, yeah. And you're just like, oh, this was like a ticking time bomb. <laughs> That's you know, like... ticking time bomb is exactly what I wanted to say. Because, you know, after the interrogation scene, it shows each day for like a few weeks, and it keeps going by quicker and quicker, like it's ticking. And so that's exactly what I wanted to say. It was a ticking time bomb. I think that's exactly what they were going for. I think some lesser written movies would have some kind of part of Hutch's character be very unlikable. Mm-hmm. But he's very sympathetic. He's very likable in this movie to me. I think a lot of that is Bob Odenkirk, but a lot of it is also you see that he is trying his best to be better. He's trying to be as mundane as possible because he knows he kind of has to be because of his pr- past life. So he tries to be the opposite of how he truly is. He's a bit of a quote-unquote wimp yes. uh, when it comes to how his son perceives him and how his wife's family perceives him. And you also see that through him missing the garbage and all this other stuff, how he's just, he's trying his best and it's just not working. Yeah, he's trying to live a what most people would see as a simple life, but he can't even do it because he's used to, you know, more action-oriented You know, it's just not for him, and he can't... That's what causes the ticking time bomb. And another thing, too, is how he treats his family and the people who antagonize him. I think that's another thing that makes Hutch very likable in this movie, is there's probably a version of it to where Hutch is a bit of a dick at certain points. But no, he... Even though he knows, like, oh, my son thinks I'm a wimp, or something like that, he still does what he can to answer his questions how he, however he can, and how he is with his daughter. I thought that was very, just, very heartwarming, very endearing. And I thought the actress playing Paisley Mansell was spectacular as well. Absolutely, especially the scene right after the initial robbery, when, you know, she says, hey, can I stay with you? And he says, are you afraid? And she says, no, why would I be with you here? And he just gets this look on his face like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep letting them down like this. Yeah. 
I want to talk about the breakout break-in scene. Oh, yeah. I really enjoyed the scene, too, because you see the moments to where Hutch could stop it, but he's like, no, I'm not going to. They're petty criminals. They're not getting anything out of this. No reason for anybody to get hurt. And it's an empty gun. Everything's Yeah, exactly. And I love this scene. The only nitpick I have, really, of the whole movie, is after this scene, I think that they go a little too far into everybody going, I wish they hit my house. Now, I think there would be some morons out there who would tell it to the other person's face. I wish they hit my house. See what what I would have done to them. But not, you know... Everybody Hutch comes across, including the officer taking the statement. Especially the cop. That was, was like, <laughs> come on, man. Really? Come on. Like, ugh. Yeah. Let's talk about the bus scene. Yes. He Let's. goes, gets his own watch back. He leaves the petty thieves' home because he real- realizes also their parents, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not going to hurt these people. I got my stuff back. It's over. But he still feels like he missed out on something. I love that because while the character is very likable, in that moment you're like, oh, this is a guy who wasn't out for justice. He was out to beat the shit out of somebody. Like, he was out for violence because of who he is and what he's done in the past. Like, he needed that taste of his former life. And I like it because right after he leaves the crook's apartment, right before he gets on the bus, he just starts punching a wall because he had all this pil- uh, pent-up rage that he wasn't able to use, basically. And so he just attacks a wall, basically. And so we, he gets on a bus, and these mobsters end up crashing their car. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> the sequence of events in this scene is hilarious. It really is. <laughs> they crash their car and then immediately get out and go, there's a bus right here, we're just going to get on the bus. And they start antagonizing everybody mm-hmm. to which you just see the smile over Hutch's face like oh I'm so happy that this just happened I'm gonna fuck them up and it's the narration he gives where he says if they say if God closes one door he opens another one please God let that door open or something like that it's and you so see good. the bus door I thought it was great but um what are your thoughts on this bus scene I really like it for a number of reasons but the Biggest reason I like it is, he, say, say if this was John Wick, they never would have laid a finger on him. But it's not John Wick, and they get a few really, really good hits in, and that's a lot more realistic. Because he hasn't been in action in years, so he's not going to be able to be just flawless, you can't touch me. No, they get some really good hits in. And not only that, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, right? No offense to Bob Odenkirk. And it's not like Keanu Reeves is a young man. But there's a difference between the physique of Keanu Reeves and Bob Odenkirk. And Bob Odenkirk exactly. got in shape for this movie. No, he really he, did. Yeah, yeah, he did a great job getting in shape for this movie. But there still is a difference between the two. And I do love how this movie does feel a little more like... I don't think grounded is the right word. He feels less like a boogeyman that John Wick is. And more like Matt Murdock does in Daredevil. Exactly. He takes damage, but he also dishes it right back out. Exactly. You know, that's. I love all the John Wick movies, but a lot of times, like, he'll go through this giant firefight and have, like, a little scratch on him. No, Hutch gets 
beaten pretty bad. My man John Wick gets hit by like four cars by exactly the yeah. ten minute mark in John Wick too. <laughs> yeah, and he just walks it off like it's nothing. And I want to actually, I got another part here to talk about. I love the part where he gets thrown out the window. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just so quick. Like, the music just stops, and you're just like, oh, uh, okay, is it over? And, and then, then he, he gets just in there. slowly walks back uh. up. The bus, he, like, tells the bus driver, stop what you're doing. I got this. Don't call the cops. It's just, hold tight. I got it. And I love how the mobsters look up, and they're just like, is he fucking serious? We just throw him out <laughs> of a window. Okay. Exactly. Let's go. <laughs> like, the whole action sequence, I think it just... It sets up exactly what we were talking about, right? He takes damage, he can dish it out. This is a movie with a lot of action sequences similar to John Wick, but it's not the same. I guess a good way to word it, if this makes sense, is John Wick Wick action sequences are cleaner. I don't really know if that's the right word. It's just, like I said, you know, he's not, more than likely, John's not going to get that beaten up. He's more imposing as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, What are your thoughts on Hutch Post? this breaking point he has because you see his demeanor change a bit. I really like it almost. And this is going to be such a weird comparison, but just hear me out. Almost reminds me of Joker in a way because, (laughs) and it's not just because it's a bus scene. (laughs) It's just, you know, in Joker, once Arthur kills those guys, he starts, he has a little bit more confidence in himself. But while, while that's negative, this one's the same way. Hutch, you know, he lets out his beast, and now he's more confident. He's able to talk to his wife more. He's able to be there for his kids. He's like, hey, let's go to Italy. You know, he's he's a lot more confident now that he's not trying to hold back this monster, so to speak. Yeah. And without context of what this movie is and who Hutch is and who these mobsters were in the bus, it still is a negative. <laughs> I mean, it's a negative for sure. In terms of the context of everything we know about Hutch and who these mobsters were on the bus and what they were doing on the bus and all that stuff, you're like, no, fuck those people. They got everything that was coming to them. Oh, yeah. So it definitely was a case of afterwards, you're like, oh, good for him, man. But in a different context, your comparison was Joker. Yeah, in Joker's context, you're like, man, he's getting more confident. I don't like that. Yeah, which, like, Arthur probably shouldn't be confident, but Hutch, like, you want him, you want to see him, you know, get confident, but, yeah, Joker, obviously, is a whole different beast there. And it kind of repairs his marriage, in a way. Yes. Because his marriage, I don't think it was ever in, they weren't doing a storyline, I think, of, oh, we're gonna get divorced, or something. It was just one of those things to where they both got in such a routine, and... They have been together in months, I think they said, and all that yeah, stuff. And it's just like, oh, so it just drifted apart. And you see that that incident for Hutch kind of made him finally stop what he was doing and tell her how he feels. Because, like you said, it broke the routine. You know, it's not just, oh, yeah. go to work, miss the trash, whatever. Now it's... How does he miss the trash that much? Can we, uh, <laughs> can we stop and you talk know, about that? I was hoping that... You know, I kept showing that, so I was hoping once he started to get more confident, there would be a scene with him just, like, sprinting after the truck or something, but it didn't. It's like, I feel like that's just him. I was like, dude, come on. After a while, you should know when the trash gets picked up. Also, why don't you just put the trash out to the front of the road, like, the day before? Or the you night know, before? so many movies do that, and I agree. <laughs> There's just... 
there's so many solutions to Hutch's problem with this trash thing. And I yeah, don't really understand is. how it happens so often. <laughs> I like Hutch. He seems like a very smart character. That he does, said, but... Oh, man, that's on. a... That's a flaw. Can't all be perfect. I'll say that. Yeah. It's a blind spot in his intelligence. Uh, but back to your point. Sorry, I got on that tangent. The trash thing. No, no, that's me. fine. <laughs> you you were saying, though, about uh, their marriage. I don't know if you had anything else to add. Or... Oh, right. I like how it didn't just blatantly say, oh, yeah, they're getting a divorce or anything like that. But it's it's implied. You know, you with the pillows, with the way they look each other at the beginning. Uh, you know that there's something off. I don't know if that's what they were implying with that, but it did at least feel like, oh, they're drifting apart. I don't think it was implying a divorce necessarily, but it was just, this isn't the perfect white picket fence life that Hutch anticip- like wanted, basically. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about, we kind of talked about this already, how do you feel about Christopher Lloyd and Riz's characters? They're great. I mean, just even Christopher Lloyd, when he when you first see him, you just kind of get an idea like, there's something about you two. You're hiding something just like Hutch is, even before it's revealed that he is. And Riza, you know, for most of the movie, it's just his voice. But again, you're like, eh, there's there's something there. I think the most interesting part about it is I don't think that Hutch's kids know anything about Henry. They know, like he mentions Grandpa earlier in the movie. So you know that, like, oh, they visit Grandpa in the home. But it doesn't seem like they know that they have an uncle. I think, uh, when his first conversation, I think he says something about being dead. So I think oh, the implication yeah, right. there is that he faked his death. But yeah, they don't they don't even know he exists. So I'd love if they end up doing this sequel and they get Christopher Lloyd and Reza back. That dynamic with Hutch's old life and his family mm-hmm. life clashing. I think that'd be very interesting. Especially his son, he knows now. Like, he didn't, he saw all those bodies, he knows what his dad is now. Or, has an idea of what he was, so. What is kind of is. Yeah. Because he goes yeah, back to he... work at the end of the movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. I agree with you, man. I think both of these characters were very well done. I do love how Henry is also the one guy that Hutch can talk to. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't go to talk to his dad, it seems, about it. He just goes to visit him. He's old. He doesn't need to be burdened by that shit, it seems. Yeah. But he sits down to talk with Henry, and it seems like they're the two who, yeah, we know what it's like. Yeah. And I'm, I have no idea if this is what the movie was going for, but I got the idea that he doesn't talk to his dad about these things because he knows that his dad's just waiting for the moment to get back into action, and he doesn't want that for him. That's just what I've read into it anyway. I wouldn't put it past him, considering the ending of this movie. (laughs) Exactly, he knows what he's capable of. Fucking David Mansell, that's who it is, right? Yeah, David Mansell just immediately... Oh, you mean I can get my gun out and go kill some mobs? Oh, shit, I'm I'm ready, let's go do it. (laughs) No hesitation. Without skipping a beat. We already talked about the house fight. How'd you feel about Hutch getting captured? Again, it makes him a little more realistic grounded i guess you could say um but i also really like to see when he escapes and he's not ca- wasn't captured very long it was you know what in movie time 20 minutes maybe uh but he finds the fire extinguisher and he just crashes the car and just walks away it's great um but again john wick probably wouldn't have been captured like that 
Well, you did in the first one. At least I haven't seen three or four, so I have no idea. He does, doesn't he? That's right. Okay, ignore what I just said. Uh, or at least not in the way that Hutch did. I think, what, somebody like hits him in the neck with a taser or something? Yeah. Just something really quick. So after Hutch goes back home and interrogates the soldiers that invaded his home, he goes to destroy Yulian's life. Ugh. He just goes nuclear. And what I love about it, too, is he does this and then offers Yulian, like, you know what? We're not really even even. I could go even farther, but I'm not. <laughs> and while on one hand you're like, oh, man, that's fucking kind of savage. You start <laughs> to think about Hush's character, and you're like, no, he's he's just baiting. He wants oh, yeah. this fight. That That's why he set up the warehouse, and he leads him straight there. He knew exactly what was about to happen. And it wasn't, to me, even like a contingency. I, I kind of had the feeling, especially the second time watching it, that, oh, no, this was his initial, this was plan A. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Plan B was he gets pissed off because he takes the, Yulian takes the deal. <laughs> yeah, and then he goes after him anyway. Probably. We already talked about the final two action sequences here. You want to talk about anything else from the car chase or the final fight? <laughs> Just a little tiny thing from the car chase. I've watched a lot of action movies and seen a lot of car chases. And a lot of them end up with somebody shooting at the main character in the car. And I've always thought, why don't they just lay the seat down? And this movie does it. And it just made me so happy to actually see that happen. He used the mirror to... Oh, man, that was such a good uh, That was perfect. Um, in terms of the, the final fight, I really like the stuff of Christopher Lloyd as well. He felt like the most outlandish of the three. Like you get Bob Odenkirk and Riza out here trying to do like really cool badass moments. Like Christopher Lloyd's like, I'm gonna do some wacky shit, and it yeah, just work. starts <laughs> throwing guns at people. He just has this completely satisfied look on his face the entire time. He's like not even trying almost. He's a fucking psychopath. I think you were onto something when you were talking about like <laughs> Hutch not telling his dad about anything. He knew better. Yeah, he he, he knew what was gonna happen. Oh man! And then we got the ending to where Hutch is back at work. He is uh, seemingly working as an auditor again, yep. or uh, some other agency, and we get the conclusion also to the introduction, where <laughs> the two officers uh, get a call and let him go. I like how it, it just showed their face, and then the next scene he's free. It doesn't really... I, I really liked that. This is one of the movies, too, that it says the title in the movie. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt like it worked here. Yeah. Where they're like, who are you? Me? I'm nobody. Because he knows exactly what's going to happen. Because yeah. he got back on the board, he's going to get some kind of call because they're going to want him to work for those agencies again. So Exactly. I thought that was great. Great ending to the movie. I love how not only does it seem like his family life is getting better and better, but you just see Hutch in just a happier place. Yes. And then we get a post credit scene that... I think really sets up the second movie rather well if they end up doing it. But like you said earlier, if they never do a sequel, I'm happy with that too, because I feel like it's just a funny ending to the movie. Whereas yeah. uh, Henry and David are on a road trip to go meet Hutch. And David asks, why can't we just fly there? <laughs> it's it's a question only because for the audience, because he knows why. They look yeah. back, and there's so many guns back there, which is just a hilarious image. 
<laughs> and I love that though because it sets up. I think if they end up doing this for the second movie, them clashing. Yes. Uh, with Hutch's kids and his wife, them finally seemingly meeting for the first time, mm-hmm. or at least Henry, and I guess the real side of David. Yeah, they're actually going to meet their actual grandfather. Which again, psychopath. Oh yeah, for sure. So they're downgrading there, I think, <laughs> or upgrading depending on who you're talking to. I don't know. I think her, their son's probably going to see as an upgrade, honestly. Probably. Um, anything we missed that you want to talk about? Uh, just a little thing. When I first watched this movie, I was almost afraid that they were going to lead up to a crossover with John Wick. I know that sounds silly because there's nothing indicating that. There's just so many people worked on it and everything has to be a cinematic universe nowadays. If they ever were to do it, I'd be okay with it. But the ending of the movie when he answers the phone, I was fully expecting it to be, you know, maybe not Keanu himself, but one of the other characters. And I'm, I'm glad, like I said, they just make it a standalone movie. For now, anyway. I think in an interview, uh, Derek Colstad actually talked about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry if I'm wrong here, but I think he was saying that he wouldn't want it to be like this massive crossover, but something like a wink and a nod to be like, oh, they can meet in an airport and just like, a, hey, John, hey, Hutch. Like they actually know each other. But that's it. Like a, an Easter egg, basically, I guess. Yeah. And if they were to do that, that's how I would want it to happen. Um, As cool as it would be to see Hutch and John teaming up, I don't need to see it. Like, you can hint that they know each other, but that that's it. Yeah, I think if you do a crossover like that down the line, it's got to be the end of both. A hundred percent. Like, I don't want this to be a thing to where it's, oh... Hutch and John Wick are going to team up and then we're going to get like three more movies after that. Because, yeah, there is something to say about everything's got to be a sequel, everything's going to be a crossover. Mm -hmm. There's a cool factor that we just can't deny about nobody and John Wick crossing over. We can't deny that. That'd be really cool. Is it worth doing it? And that's the thing, right? You got to come up with a story that's worth doing it for with the timing of both characters and where they are. And that's what it's really going to depend on. So I'm with you. I'd be down for it, but it's not something I'm like clamoring for. Like, oh, it I has to be deserved. It. Yeah, basically. it's it's got to be earned to me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Favorite, least favorite moments? Uh, Favorite, we've already talked about it, the car chase scene. Uh, I love the bus scene, but that car chase just... It's a scene that everything is perfect. I, I can't see a single thing wrong with it. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I don't really have any least favorite moments. Every like n- Nearly everything in this movie is just awesome. Oh, yeah. I guess least favorite is he kept missing the trash. <laughs> That'll be our <laughs> least favorite moment. Yep. <laughs> missing the trash, and I think they went one too many times to the well with the I wish that would have happened to me thing yeah. right after yeah. the break-in. And a few people, sure. And because they're trying to build up to Hutch's breaking point, but man, it just felt like you know, they were piling it on with too many people doing it. And I'm like, all right, guys, come on now. <laughs> like, <laughs> and see, a bit it, excessive. It would have been better if these people who said, you know, oh, if I wish it would have been me, if they actually faced the mobsters and just kind of chickened out some kind of yeah, you know, payoff. But I guess wasn't. with the neighbor, you get that payoff though, because he steals his car. Yeah, there was a little bit of a payoff. But I agree with you. 
I, I feels like a lot of these other characters who were saying that you're you would have some kind of comeuppance. You do with Charlie as well. Yeah, Charlie does get a little bit of one when he gets punched in the gut, which was yeah. pretty great. I thought it was an underrated line, too, where Charlie was like, what am I going to do? And Hunter was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> the yeah. way that was said was such just, I really don't care. Like, he's <laughs> never stood up to him, and all of a sudden he's just shutting down everything he says. And to be fair, Michael Ironside's character, Eddie, I thought he was actually really good, despite not being in the movie very often. Like, he was in, what, two scenes? Two scenes, yeah. But he felt like throughout all the people going, I wish that would have happened to me. It really felt, based on the information that Eddie knows about Hutch, which is a fake life, mm-hmm. that he was being as respectful as possible. He was like, hey, you know what? Knowing you, which he doesn't know much of him, you exactly. did the right thing. And you kept your family safe there. And also, he agrees to the deal. Like It felt like he does actually respect and like Hutch. He just doesn't think highly of him based on the fake life that he leads. So I really like that character. I wouldn't mind seeing him back if they do another one. I don't know how they would bring him back, but... Also, it's Michael Ironside. <laughs> how, how can you not love him? I mean, honestly. Favorite moments for me, though. Car chase, final fight, any action sequence, really. But the car chase in particular is just a masterpiece, in my opinion. In the just sea of never-ending car chases that are out there. That are mostly <laughs> fine. Yeah. I mean, most chase sequences are fine to good. But it's so hard to make them stand out. And I feel like this movie really made it stand out. Uh, any final thoughts before we get the heck out of here? I guess my biggest final thought is I'm really happy that this movie was successful, but I wish more people knew about it, as silly as that sounds. It seems like when it came out, people talked about it, and then that's it. I really, really wish more people would talk about it like they do John Wick. Yeah, it didn't catch fire like John Wick mm-hmm. did. Yep. Maybe that's what a sequel would do for it. Exactly, and that's one of the main reasons I do want a sequel, because maybe that'll give it a little bit more recognition. Yeah, especially now everybody going in is like, oh man, it was, the movie that was kind of like that John Wick. Oh, I want to go see it, because the yep. first one was really good too. Exactly. Yeah, final thoughts for me though. I thought this movie was great. I think this is an easy 9 out of 10. We don't typically score things here, but it was such a surprise, really. And Bob Odenkirk really just pulls off being an action hero. You wouldn't expect it. But man, you really I'm really happy for him. <laughs> like, especially you know, with Better Call Saul, he's sometimes he's a kind of a weaselly sort of like whenever he faces danger or whatever, he kind of cowers. But when you watch this, that's not him at all. Yeah, and especially also knowing stuff going on with Bob Odenkirk and with the health scare he had a few years back. Yeah, and you see a movie like this and it be successful, and you see Better Call Saul be so successful, and you're like, good for you, Odenkirk. He deserves it. He yeah, really deserves it. Because he was also known as a comedic actor for a long time. And for oh, him yeah. to be in so many avenues to where he's done drama and comedy and now action. and It's just a great success story in Hollywood. Um, oh, yeah. Let's get out of here. Let's talk about what we're working on and where can people find us. Donnie, what you're working on? Where can the people find you? I am always working uh, at thenerdstash.com. 
I do a lot of list-based articles, and you can find me on Twitter at ObsessedCinema underscore. As for me, you can find me on all of our podcasts, pretty much, over at TNS Network, except for Lombox Hunters, our comic book podcast hosted by Tristan Benz and Drew Garrison. As for other places you can find me, you can find me in our Discord, a link for which is in the description of this episode. Chat with us on your thoughts about Nobody, what you're excited for this summer and fall to go watch. I can't imagine it's much because the box office numbers for movies have not been great. Yeah. Anything else to add before we get out of here? I think I'm good. Our next two episodes are very different, but I cannot wait to record these ones. Next up on Nerdstop Movies, we will finally do our spoiler talk on the Super Mario Bros. movie. Donnie, you're going to be joining me for this one, and we're also going to have Drew on. Drew was excited to talk about it as well, so I cannot wait. I'm pretty excited for that one. After that, we'll be doing a retrospective on True Detective Season 1, a season held in very high regard as one of the greatest pieces of television ever made. We'll see what we think when we watch and record that episode. We'll see you next week. See ya.